Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash pro revenge, where OP destroys his toxic boss's life, career, and marriage. Our next Reddit post is from Deleted. To preface this, I'm a really short and skinny 20-something who could easily pass for a 12-year-old. This is relevant, I promise. A while back when this happened, I was at Target with my younger sister waiting for a nail appointment. Normal sister bonding stuff. I think it was about 30 minutes in when we found some ugly jackets in the menwear section and started trying them on for fun. Next thing I know, three girls in volleyball uniforms surround us. The first thing I noticed is two of the three girls were filming us while one girl's asking rapid-fire questions while holding a jacket up. I was so surprised and sort of speechless. My sister was also sort of stunned and silent the whole time. One of the girls said, Hey, do you think this looks good on me? She holds a jacket up. I said, sure, I guess. Really? Yeah. Okay, buy it for me. Are you serious? You said you thought it looked good, so buy it for me. No. We sort of went back and forth with me saying no and her insisting that I buy her the jacket. Her friends filming also pitched in saying that I should buy her the jacket and saying if I don't buy her the jacket, then I lied about it looking good on her. At the same time, I'm slowly walking out of the menswear section and pulling my sister with me, trying to get away. I could see my little sister was super uncomfortable, and I know she's kind of shy, so this is really mortifying for her. That made me angry. It also occurred to me that they must think I'm some sort of preteen like them, because I can't fathom these types of kids bothering anyone with a single hair of puberty. Honestly, they were all annoying, pudgy little ten-year-olds. Meanwhile, I'm wearing my crooked glasses, messy jeans, and a YMCA summer camp shirt. My little sister is also wearing her middle school track shirt, so both of us look like kids. Kids like them. In the most grown voice that I could muster, I say, What the F are you little turds doing? I'm 20 years old. Do you think this is funny? What the F is wrong with you kids? Where are your parents? In my best, I need to speak to your manager voice, I tell my sister, go find an employee. My sister takes off running. This is where the girls stop laughing and start telling me to chill out and it's just a prank, which only makes me angrier. I go in on them about how stupid they're being and how harassing strangers is decidedly not funny. I throw in some choice swear words and I can hear my crazy voice getting higher and angrier. I pull my phone out and start recording them and laughing maniacally saying, think this is funny? <laughs> I think this is where they started getting worried because they took off. I tried following them, but then my sister came back with an employee. I go on to explain how we were shopping and suddenly harassed by these three girls trying to force us to buy them things and filming us. I think I also teared up and the employee radios his manager. I repeated my story and showed them the photos I took of the little turds. Next thing I know, those annoying kids were rounded up and surrounded by a couple of employees and a really annoyed mom. I walk past them and tell them to F off and drag my sister to our nail appointment. But I wasn't done. They were wearing bright yellow volleyball jerseys with their club names. I google their volleyball club and I find the club and blast any email I can find. I also message their Facebook. But I'm still not done. I go on social media and stalk through their photos. I find the club's Instagram and after some work I find their friends who have tagged some of their moms. Through those moms, I find the moms of those three kids. I cross-reference Facebook and see the girls' parents with pictures of their families. I confirm the faces of these little turds. 
I blast their social media with my disappointed and upset growing up voice. I include pictures. I also find the mom who was chaperoning the kids and I blast her too. I wait. Within hours, I have a reply from the director of the volleyball club and replies from two of the parents. The mom who was chaperoning them, funnily enough, blocked me. I never got an apology from those little turds, but I hope having a stranger hunting them down and contacting people from their lives scared them straight. To top it off, I posted a glowing review of the target and how they handled the situation. A week later, one of the dads asked me to take it down, so I obliged. He asked very nicely. The lesson here, don't act like a little turd. Our next Reddit post is from Deleted. This all happened five or so years ago while I was working for a proprietary trading firm. The company is a multinational and it opened a new office in my city a couple of years before I joined them. For those who don't know, most prop shops, as I understand it, have a very high turnover rate. Just toss everyone in and keep those who stick. The company I worked for recruited every three months. I had space for about 120 traders, but the office was never full. Out of the 20 or so people we hired every quarter, only about 5 people managed to make it beyond the 3 month internship period, and of those, only one, or sometimes none at all, made it past the additional 3 months probation period. The company was operating in my city for about 2 years before I joined, and there were only about 4 people who I could call permanent. Everyone else, about 10 or so people, was either an intern or still on probation. The setup. I and about 25 others were recruited straight out of university. The internship position paid really well for a first job, about twice as much as any other entry-level position in other financial institutions, plus bonuses once we went live. And I was really excited. I first came across my boss, a really decent Indian guy, at an industry day held in our university. That was where they administered the IQ test and I passed. The office, similar to other mid-sized operations, had a pretty flat management structure. Us traders were at the lowest level, the HR and ops manager were above us, and the office manager was, well, the head of the branch. The boss gave time off pretty much whenever you asked for it as long as the day's objectives were met. That was his policy. However, the ops manager was his polar opposite and then some. This lady was a grade A B word, and I mean that sincerely. Let's call her Gabby. The instigating event. I first met Gabby when I went to the offices for my final interview. I was registering at the front desk when she marched from her office demanding some documents from the receptionist. The receptionist wanted to finish up with me first, but she was ordered off to file storage. Our exchange went like this. You're one of the new ones. Yeah, I'm really excited. Don't be. You don't look like you'll make it. Why? You're too soft. But I can put in a good word for you if you give me a little something. Huh, very funny. I'm serious. Give me something and I'll make it very easy for you. Otherwise, I'll make sure you don't even get into the interview. No. Stupid idiot. She said it right to my face and she kept her word. She made me sit in a hidden corner of the waiting room where no one else would see me easily. But I could hear the conversation at the desk. The only reason why I got an interview is because, apparently, I had impressed the boss at our previous meeting so he came to see why my resume wasn't there. Gabby said that I hadn't sent it in. The receptionist said that she saw it somewhere. Then, I walked up to the desk at the same time the receptionist said, Here it is. It was in the trash. And everyone stared at Gabby. From that moment of humiliation onwards, Gabby had a raging hate boner for me. You see, Gabby was a micromanager, more of a nanomanager really. 
She required us to request access if we had to access a site other than those on her approved list. And for traders who gain info from wherever we can find it, her list was woefully inadequate. She would call meetings at the most inappropriate times, but only when the branch manager wasn't around. And in her lengthy meetings, you could never leave to check on your positions. She had this annoying habit of stealing my lunch, and when I confronted her about it, she essentially told me to go screw myself. Gabby was married with two kids, and she was petty. I guess she liked the attention, because she would have a stream of guys picking her up at the office for two-hour lunches, and when she left for home some evenings. But not on Thursday. Thursdays were the days when her husband would come pick her up towing their kids along. I think they went to have a family dinner or something. Gabby's first mistake. Our manager left about two months after I joined. I think he returned to India to get married or something, but still stayed with the company. I wished him all the best. None of the other permanent trainers had the experience corporate required to take on a management role, so they had to shop around. In the meantime, Gabby became the de facto head of the branch, despite the fact that her knowledge of futures markets was rudimentary at best. Her first mistake was when she delayed my promotion from intern to probation. I'm an excellent trader, and I was easily the top 5 in my group. Of the 26 people working, she promoted 20 people she liked, kept me and another guy in internship position, and fired 4. At around the same time, another recruitment drive happened and another 20 or so interns were hired. I knew this was because of our beef, and I was actually surprised she held onto it for this long. It was also pretty unusual, since the last thing my former boss did before he left was to promote me from the simulator to a live trading account. But I kept my head down and continued learning, often going back to my former boss and the permanent employees to get advice. Another three months go by, and in the next evaluation, I was shocked that I still wasn't brought up to probation. Despite the fact that all the new recruits of the second group had been promoted, and I was easily the best and the only one trading live. I knew I was good at this job. The permanent guys all said so. The group I initially joined with was frequently asking me for advice. To their credit, a few of them were good, but most of them were still on simulation, and as a rule, no one advanced to probation while still on simulation. However, you could go live while on internship if you were good, which is what happened to me. So, I was a live trader and making good money, but I was still on internship and passed over twice. I couldn't let go of that. I decided to talk to Gabby directly. I approached the senior guys and made my case, though I was careful not to put her in a bad light. They agreed to help me out. About a month later, she finally gave me my promotion and I was on probation. At this time, she was still unsure of her power and was still afraid of the permanent traders. Those guys were like gods. Two months after my promotion, there was another evaluation and recruitment drive. I was not promoted. The group I started out with was now permanent, despite having only two of them trading live. The group I was currently on probation with were all promoted to permanent status. The group behind me on internship was all promoted to probation and another group was hired. I let it go hoping she'd gotten it out of her system. Sadly, she hadn't. Round 2. Three months go by. I'm trading live and loving it, though I'm still on probation. An evaluation comes up, and again, I'm not promoted. Despite the fact that, contract to contract, I was almost on level with the permanent employees. The group that found me on probation was advanced to permanent status to a man, and none of them were live. The group behind me caught up to me, and a new batch of newbies were hired as interns. I couldn't let this one go either. I approached the original four permanent employees who are now my very good buddies, and planned to do the same thing as last time. Only, this time, it didn't work. 
Gabby had grown into her sadistic power and flatly refused to even consider my promotion, even after she was presented with evidence that I was worth it. Her argument was along the lines of, I'm the boss and I can do whatever the hell I want. But I wasn't having that, so I contacted my former boss for help. At the time, he had been promoted to head of operations in Africa. He was actually quite surprised, given my performance, that I was still on probation. Needless to say, the order came down from on high, and Gabby looked like she was giving birth to six pineapples simultaneously as she handed me my letter. And I thought that was the end of it. How wrong I was. On the next recruitment, she hired this girl. Let's call her Sue. She was an intelligent person all around, but she didn't have the emotional quotient to handle the market. Trading, as I was taught, requires two mental aspects, IQ and EQ. You can't improve your IQ, but you can boost your EQ to deal with the numerous stresses that come with the career. Sue had more than enough of an IQ, but EQ, not so much. No worries, you can work on that. Just to recap, the office now had about 70 employees. Of these, over 30 were permanent staff, me included, but only 11 were trading live. Another 20 or so were on probation, but only 3 were trading live. None of the interns were live. The office had to stay profitable if it was to stay open, which means the money from the 14 live traders were paying the salaries of everyone in the office, the rent, supplies, health insurance, pensions, etc. Needless to say, corporate was not seeing a lot of returns from our branch, and as I came to learn later from my former boss, we're considering shutting down the branch and costing us our jobs. But I digress. The last straw. Gabby took advantage of an inconsolable and desperate Sue to try to get me for sexual harassment. This is how it went down. Remember all those people still on Sim? Well, they all came to the 11 of us for trading advice and we did what we could to help them. We divided up the Sim traders into groups and I was mentoring about four people. Sue was one of them. As any trader will tell you, the period before profitability is usually one of losses, unless you're really good, and is filled with stress and fear, hence the need for a high EQ. It's normal and you get through it. Sue was going through one of these rough patches one evening. We were going over her trades. It was a bad trading day all around when she just burst out crying. I know how it feels. I've shed my own tears as well. So I comforted her as best I could. I held her hand and patted her awkwardly on the back until she quieted down. What I didn't know was that Gabby had seen us. As I came to learn later, she approached Sue the following day and made her an offer. Gabby would make sure that Sue kept her job and would get her a lot of money if she stated that I had sexually harassed her. Sue took Gabby up on the offer and what followed was a nightmare. It started with a formal reprimand from corporate, a hearing in which I wasn't present to defend myself because Gabby forgot to send me the summons. Apparently, she lobbied quite viciously to get me fired. The only reason I was able to keep my job was that my former boss came to my defense. Despite his help, I lost my quarterly bonus, about $100,000 and half of my holdback, about $400,000. I also had to attend seminars, which essentially involved watching the same film on sexual assault in the workplace until I stated, in writing, that I was an abuser and it would go on my record. I knew that if that happened, Gabby would have the ammunition she needed to ruin my life forever. So, every day, I got into the office at 7 in the morning, watched the 3 hour film until 10, refused to acknowledge it, then got to work, leaving the office at 11.20 in the evening, rinse and repeat, for almost 7 months. It was tiring and torturous, and Gabby never let me live it down. All the people I'd been mentoring were transferred the day after my reprimand. 
A day after that, Gabby informed me via letter that my clip size had been cut from a thousand to twenty contracts. Yeah, I had to admit, I was bloodied. I was down, but that moron didn't know that she should have ended me. The revenge. Step one, ruin Gabby's career. I started compiling all the things that happened to me in the office. It started when I realized that when I went out to lunch, someone would open my desk drawer and mess around with my notebook where I jotted down my trading ideas for the day. The only person who had a key apart from me was Gabby. Apparently, she had learned my lunchtime routine for the entire 45-minute break and would open my locker when I was out smoking. She would then copy down my trading plans for the day and give them to Sue. I even saw them at it once, but they didn't see me. I documented it. I let it go on for a while so that I could establish a pattern via Sue's trades. I then approached two of the permanent traders who were closest to me and told them my plan. Remember when I said that almost no money was reaching corporate? And that there were only 11 live traders? Well, the situation had only gotten worse. The office was now full, but we had less than 15 live traders. Live tradings could only be approved by head of operations, my former boss, and he was a strict one. Now imagine that my earning capacity had been cut by over 90%. My two friends agreed to my plan, and they slowed down their trading by around 50%. This essentially put the branch in the red, and three weeks later, we were told the head of ops and other head honchos were coming down. The next phase involved getting Sue into a corner. After revealing to her that I could prove that she was stealing my work, that was enough to get a written statement from her that Gabby had orchestrated my whole sexual harassment thing. Step 2. Ruin Gabby's Marriage It took only a little investigation on my part to realize that all those men who visited the office were actually Gabby's lovers. She would leave for two-hour lunches with her phone turned off. I took advantage of one such period. Gabby left, and I snuck into her office to find her Facebook profile open. Everyone knew she was always on there, and it was a sore point because she had banned it for the rest of us minions. I got into her messenger, and voila! Explicit texts, nudes, rants about her husband and his inadequacies, the six guys or so that she'd cheated with, all of it. I copy-pasted the data into her private email, which she was also logged into, and sent it to my private email, then deleted it from her sent folder. Now I had the ammo on my phone ready to send. Step 3. Ruin Gabby's relationship with her kids. Now, I'll say right off the bat that I'm not proud of this step, but to bust my justice nut, it wasn't enough to just send out the info to her husband. So I waited for Thursday when I knew he would be passing by the office with the kids. The pro-revenge god saw fit to bless me that day because it was the same day that corporate hit honchos were riding into town. Thursday. I was at the office at 7 as usual with all my rejected promotion requests. I sat through the three-hour sexual harassment video. Yes, I was still doing that, and I waited for my moment. The guys from corporate, my former boss included, arrived and went straight into a meeting with Gabby. I was quite certain they would call me in to ask why I'd been attending a sexual harassment awareness class for almost a year, and I was ready for them. I was called in after lunch at about 2. The question was asked, and before I could answer, Gabby jumped on the bit like I knew she would. She went on a long rant about how I'd been insubordinate and how I liked to touch the female employees. I could tell from her grin that she thought that she was winning. And then I pulled out Sue's letter and the grin curdled on her face. Sue was called in and she backed up my story. She said she was very sorry. She was fired on the spot and told to go wait at the receptionist for her final check. I felt no sympathy. I was on a roll. 
Next, I pulled out the analysis of my trades and told them how Gabby had been breaking into my locker and stealing my notes for Sue. Gabby denied it. Sue was called back in. She denied it. My former boss logged into the company network and pulled Sue's and my trading data. He compared the positions taken by both of us with my notes. He said it was true. Sue was fired again. They told me they would refund my confiscated bonus and hold back with an extra 50k. That was fine by me. The justice was enough. And then I spotted Gabby's husband hitting into her office as usual with their two kids in tow. I pulled out my phone, grinned at her and said, Your husband is here. She turned around and saw him. She excused herself for a minute to tell him to wait. My former boss said, Sure. I pressed send. That's the end of the story, but then OP posted an update. As for the aftermath, Gabby's husband absolutely lost his mind. Her office was glass-walled and the rest was open planned so we could all hear what they were shouting about. He finally left with their kids in tow. Gabby followed him shouting at him. Then she saw us all standing around and the look on her face was priceless as she was wondering which aspect of her life to try to salvage. She let her husband go, but about an hour later she had been fired. My favorite boss stayed behind since there was no one left. He stayed for about a month training the lady who had been with the company the longest to take over as manager. She is easily the most brilliant mind that I've ever worked with. Unfortunately, the branch was still struggling with so many employees who weren't generating income and they had to shut it down. However, they transferred all the other high-performing employees to other various branches in London and India. So I guess no one undeservedly lost their jobs. I still stalk Gabby on Facebook. There have been a lot of, I'm single because I'm too awesome posts of late. I almost feel sorry for her, but then I remember the three hour video and I stopped being foolish. From what I could see on LinkedIn, she bounced around from firm to firm until she found a position as a research analyst. My favorite boss is still at the firm. We talk from time to time. I took a break from trading for a while. After all that mess went down, I needed a break, so I didn't take them up on their offer to relocate to India. I went to work with a buddy of mine who has a consultancy. When I feel ready, I'll go back to the market. For me, at least, there's no other job as challenging and satisfying. That was r slash pro revenge, and if you like this content, check out my Patreon where I publish extra episodes. Also, be sure to follow this podcast, because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.